Welcome to BitCast on Podcast One, the video game podcast with the Axeman. Welcome back to the BitCast. Happy Thanksgiving to my American listeners. In honor of the holiday, because I am an American, and because there won't be many opportunities for this discussion, I want to spend today's episode talking about a series that has always come to mind for me at this time of the year. I want to talk about the Yoshi's Island series, or, or maybe it's just called the Yoshi series, but Yoshi's Island is the first and most well-remembered game of the bunch, I think, so let, let's just call it that. A lot of people have those video games that just remind them of certain holidays, usually because they just got it as a gift on that holiday. The first Yoshi's Island game is what I associate with Thanksgiving, though we never did receive it on Thanksgiving, as far as I'm aware. I just happened to have a really strong memory of playing the game one afternoon on one of the Thanksgivings of my childhood, and for some reason my brother was running around the house like a a little wild animal like we were we were both very young at the time i don't really know why we did anything ever but that memory has always stuck with me and it's and it's one of the first few things to come to mind whenever i remember thanksgiving so here we are yoshi's island is technically a sequel to super mario world because the full title is super mario world 2 yoshi's island much like Super Mario Land 3, Wario Land, this is a sequel in name only. Yoshi's Island is wildly different from its predecessor, and it became the template for future games about Yoshi. There really aren't a whole lot of Super Mario World-isms in this game. It was the impetus for Yoshi's spin-off series, rather. And if I could be honest, I'm never entirely sure of what my feelings are toward the Yoshi series of games whether or not it's really a spin-off or not. As far as Super Smash Bros. is concerned, Yoshi is an entirely separate character and series from the Mario games. While it certainly plays differently than your usual Mario game, it never really felt that far removed. They always reuse a lot of the monsters and enemies from Mario's games. Shy guys are a little more common in Yoshi than in Mario, but, you know, they're still common enemies. You still get your Koopa Troopas and your Piranha Plants. You have to deal with Bowser at the end of every Yoshi game. It always felt like half a spinoff, really. Even Luigi's Mansion got away from Bowser in its second game. Donkey Kong and Wario, they both found identities for themselves, and... I can accept that they're not really Mario games anymore, but Yoshi never fell too far from the tree. It's kind of kind of in that same zone as Captain Toad, where it's kind of a spin-off, but it's still like very entrenched in a lot of Mario-isms, even if they don't play like normal Mario games. It's still very clearly a Mario setting. It's also worth noting that the Yoshi series isn't as prolific or well-regarded as the Donkey Kong Country games, or Wario Land, or WarioWare. You have the original Yoshi's Island, Yoshi's Story, Yoshi's Island DS, Yoshi's New Island, Yoshi's Woolly World, 
and the upcoming Yoshi's Crafted World for Nintendo Switch. Then you've got some weird side games. Yoshi's Egg and Yoshi's Cookie, which are both puzzle games. Yoshi's Safari, a game designed around the Super Scope. Tetris Attack, which is an Americanized and yoshi eized version of Panel de Pon. Yoshi Topsy Turvy, a gimmick platformer based around the Game Boy Advance's tilting. And Yoshi Touch and Go, which is a very early DS game, and it's based more around getting a high score than anything else. I feel like it might have been a, a demo that got slightly expanded. That's about it for the Yoshi series. The spin-offs that I mentioned do kind of beef up the Yoshi resume, but with the exception of the last two, they don't really feel like Yoshi games so much as they're games that have Yoshi's face slapped onto them. Maybe you could say something similar about WarioWare, how it doesn't relate to Wario a whole lot. And going by the development of WarioWare, it originally wasn't about him. But I'd say that his personality still shines through in WarioWare regardless. And WarioWare has proven to be more popular with the general public than Wario Land, I think. Maybe there's enough Yoshi personality in the Yoshi puzzle games that I just didn't notice. So I apologize if I've been selling them short the whole time. But what I really want to get into are the Yoshi platformers. I said that I wanted to make this about the first one because of Thanksgiving, but as I got to thinking about it more, I didn't really want to talk about just that one game. I wanted to talk about all the Yoshi games. Well, all, all the proper ones. Because the series has been a bit of a bumpy ride, and I was always a little interested in how it continues to exist. And the more I think about it, I feel like I can't really talk about a single Yoshi game for very long. So grouping them together like this seems to be my best option. Yoshi's Island, the original, if we don't count Super Mario World, is a very solid game. You control Yoshi as he carries Baby Mario on his back. Instead of having hit points, obstacles would knock Baby Mario off your back, and you had a time limit to save him before Baby Bowser's minions took him away. While you could jump on enemies, that wouldn't always work. Sometimes you could and would have to eat them, or throw eggs at them, eggs being made from swallowed other enemies. To help the change in gameplay, the game had a scoring system for each level, and it proved to be very difficult to get perfect scores on every level. If you did that, you would unlock bonus levels, and they were all brutal in their own ways. The plot presents itself as the very beginning of the Mario storyline, in which a stork gets interrupted by Kamek, who was Bowser's wizard caretaker, he interrupts the stork's delivery of the baby Mario brothers to their parents. Combined with one of the most heartwarming endings to a video game I've ever seen, and on top of all the gameplay, Yoshi's Island is a game that I can scarcely say anything bad about. I couldn't think of any meaningful criticism unless I really mined for it. It certainly set a high bar for the rest of the Yoshi games, a really tough act to follow. So. How did they follow it? With Yoshi's Story for Nintendo 64. Despite the presence of baby versions of Mario characters and the overall happy and smiley aesthetics, Yoshi's Island was a straightforward game as far as its tone went. It wasn't too bright and kitty. I don't really like using that word, but you get it. 
it wasn't much more than what you'd get in a usual Mario game. Maybe a little bit. Yoshi's Story, on the other hand, is the point in which the series started trying a lot harder to appeal to small children, and the series would continue this approach, which could have contributed to some of the backlash. For the storyline, Baby Bowser kidnaps the Super Happy Tree, and the tree has this smiley face heart on it, and it turns the world into a pop-up book, so all these newborn Yoshis decide to get it back. Are your teeth rotting yet? I'd also like to point out that this was the game that gave Yoshi his voice. Up until now, he only made that weird, indescribable sound that he made ever since Super Mario World. Yoshi's story introduced us to all the... Yoshi! <laughs> the gameplay was similar to Yoshi's Island, but a bit more traditional in that you had a proper hit point meter, which would make up for the lack of baby carrying. They still twist the formula a little bit by making the stages loop around repeatedly, with the only way to win to be eating 30 fruits. Some fruits taste better based on which color Yoshi you are, but a fruit is a fruit, you still only need 30. Some players have crafted a challenge where the only fruit they're allowed to collect are the universally tasty melons, but otherwise Yoshi's story is an easy romp with some really cutesy, cheesy music, the easiest boss fights to ever grace the medium. It was clearly intended for young children, baby's first platformer. I think Mario and Kirby were able to thread that needle just fine without patronizing the audience, but I guess Nintendo disagreed. The Yoshis are cute, though, I'll give the game that. I was under their spell as a, as a small boy back when I played the game for the first time. For all its faults, Yoshi's story does have its fans, and a lot of them have grown now and are willing to speak up about the game's charm and that 30 melon challenge. Yoshi's Island DS. No points for guessing what system it was on. It's the next proper Yoshi game, and it came out a long time after Yoshi's story. It returns to the Yoshi's Island formula, babies and all. In fact, this game really ups the baby ante. In addition to Baby Mario, you get Baby Peach and Baby Donkey Kong. The stork from the original game has teamed up with Yoshi, and the dinosaur can rotate babies, and each one will assist his abilities in different ways. Mario lets you run faster, Peach will help with your hovering, and DK can let you do a shoulder ram and climb vines. Temporarily, you would also have access to Baby Wario and Baby Bowser, Wario held a magnet for attracting coins and metal objects, and Baby Bowser let you spit fireballs. Of the bunch, I generally preferred Baby Donkey Kong because his crying was the least annoying. Yeah, that's what it boils down to for me. The baby swapping is also a little inconvenient. You had to cycle through babies in order every time. You want Baby Mario? Well, you have Baby Peach? Gotta cycle through Baby Donkey Kong then to Mario or Baby Donkey Kong to Baby Wario or Bowser, depending on the level. Then Baby Mario. This is the only way to swap babies. And you can't even do it on the world map. You have to do it in a stage, and your baby carries over into the next one. The music was also much less inspired than the original Yoshi's Island. Not as infantile as Yoshi's Story's soundtrack, but 
it's a lot more laid back, and not in a relaxing sense, more as a they-couldn't-think-of-anything-better sense. I can barely remember the game's soundtrack. This is also one of the hardest games in the Yoshi series, with some brutal level design. Once you get to World 3, the game stops joking around. Once you get to World 4, the game's gonna see what you're made of. Once you get to World 5, you'd better be hardened enough to see this thing through. The game is very annoying and obnoxious in a lot of ways, but again, it does have its share of fans, and I wasn't too offended by it. I had a decent time playing the game. I'd still prefer the original, but it's serviceable. It did try to expand on what the original game introduced, and I appreciate the sentiment. It does a lot better than the next game, I'll say. <sighs> Yoshi's New Island for 3DS. This is the low point for most Yoshi fans. This is the one that made them look back at Yoshi's story in Yoshi's Island DS and say, eh, you know what, maybe those games weren't as bad as we thought. This one is the Whipping Boy. The most commonly cited offense that this game commits is overriding the ending to the original Yoshi's Island. At the end of that game, after the Yoshi clan's hard work, the stork delivers the baby brothers to their parents and retreated to a soft rendition of the classic Mario victory jingle, and a subtitle proclaims, Our heroes are born! It's a very touching moment, and... I wouldn't be surprised to see it topping a lot of favorite game-ending lists. Yoshi's New Island starts with a recreation of that ending, and then the parents go, Wait, we weren't expecting babies. And then the narrator says something like, Oh, that silly stork, he delivered them to the wrong house. And so the stork has to deliver the brothers to the correct address, and then Bowser's henchmen come back for round two, Kidnapping baby Luigi again! The stork drops baby Mario again! And the Yoshis have to escort him again. again! And if you thought Yoshi's story was patronizing, you haven't seen Yoshi's New Island. It has a soundtrack that sounds like a deflating kazoo. I'm not sure how a kazoo could deflate, but I think you get my meaning. Look up the Yoshi clan on YouTube and just listen for yourself. I, I, I kind of ironically enjoy that song for how bad it is. It's like the room for me. The narrator in the entire opening sequence also... Sequence? Ah. The narrator at the beginning also sounds like they're talking to a small child. The game has a coloring book aesthetic to it. Everything just looks very childish. They ditch the multiple baby aspect from DS in favor of just going back to Baby Mario. They introduce the vehicle transformations from the original game, but now they all rely on gimmicky gyro controls. Also, a lot of collectibles are hidden in invisible clouds, and the checkpoints no longer track your baby timer. The only meaningful addition to the game, and I'm being generous, is the ability to eat giant monsters and turn them into eggs. And these are for largely scripted moments. It's not like you'll just run into giant shy guys on the regular. They're always in specific spots for specific puzzles, if I want to use that word. I guess I kind of like that Kamek is a reoccurring mid-boss now, since Yoshi's never been able to fight him in the past Yoshi games. But, uh, I, don't, I don't know, I'm, I'm kind of used to fighting Kamek now in the other Mario games. 
Also, Bowser shows up for some reason. Adult Bowser. They threw him into Yoshi's Island DS, but there was plot justification. He was the real villain, and he was doing a weird time travel plan involving kidnapping the babies. In Yoshi's New Island, they just throw him in at the last minute for no real reason but to elongate the final battle. Then the game ends just like the original did, but it doesn't have any of the same impact. Especially now that we know that they could easily retcon it if they felt another Yoshi game should call for it. Yoshi's New Island is widely agreed upon to be the weakest of the proper Yoshi games. Though, in its defense, it's more of a case of the game being bland and uninspired than being incompetently put together. If you've never played a single Yoshi game before and you pick that one up, you'll probably be alright with it if you don't mind the deflating kazoo soundtrack and the childish tone of the whole thing. Yoshi's Woolly World for Nintendo Wii U is the next and most recent entry. While the first two games were developed by Nintendo themselves, Artoon developed Island DS and Arzest developed New Island. Those companies don't have particularly impressive resumes if my research is to be believed. They've done other games, but nothing monumental. The developers for Woolly World are Goodfeel, and while I must admit they aren't exactly household names themselves, I've at least played some of their past games. They developed Kirby's Epic Yarn, which was another arts and crafts themed game, and they also developed the giant battle sequences in Mario & Luigi Dream Team. I liked both those games, so I can trust Goodfeel, I think. This is the team who will also be developing Yoshi's Crafted World, so Nintendo clearly trusts these guys with their IPs, and I think they're right to do so. Woolly World is a good game. I dare say it's the second best in the series. That's not a hard accomplishment, given the other games I just described, but I stand by it. It doesn't have the classic appeal or the lore that puts Yoshi's Island on its pedestal, but the gameplay is very similar in all the right ways, and it diverges as needed. No babies again, so we're back to the Yoshi's Story health meter. The game is on the easy side and very cute, but unlike Yoshi's Story, I feel like Woolly World uses that to its advantage. The game is easy, and the presentation is mellow, but it makes the game come across more as something to relax to, rather than trying to appeal to toddlers. The game is so adorable, but it doesn't feel like they're trying too hard to accomplish that. It's just naturally adorable. There's also the fact that the game is very blatantly about a stitched yarn doll version of Yoshi, so you have an idea of what to expect going into it. And... I have to say, I'm very fond of the Yarn Yoshi and Yarn Poochie amiibos, and I don't care who knows it, they're adorable, I admit it. Also, if you scan some amiibos, it's a good chance that you can stitch your own custom Yarn Yoshi to play through the whole game. Look out, world, here comes the Shulk Yarn Yoshi. The game also had a 3DS port with new features, because forget the Wii U. Poochie and Yoshi's Woolly World. Kind of weird that... Poochie gets top billing, but I guess it's minimal editing to the title. I did not play that version because I was loyal to Nintendo and got a Wii U, and I suffered for it! <laughs> anyway, uh, it's said to include new 
uh, features and levels. Nothing really game-changing, I think. Maybe a, a mode, something like that. But it's kind of in the Donkey Kong Country Returns category of being a 3DS port of a console game that is pretty well regarded and polished. So if you don't have a Wii U, you could still get Yoshi's Woolly World on 3DS. And that's it for the Yoshi series. Island was a classic, well-remembered, and rightfully so. It's so good and competent that I can't really talk about it too much. It's a game from my early childhood, and probably inspired a few ideas and notions in me, but not as much as certain other games did, like Chrono Trigger or anything. Yoshi's Story was a turning point for the series, uh, for better or worse, but it's aged with relative grace. Island DS had some interesting ideas for expanding the island formula, but didn't use them to the best of their potential, and it was bogged down with excessive difficulty, while most Yoshi games hide that stuff in the extra stages. New Island tried to be a marriage between the format of Island and the style of story, while failing to live up to either. Then Woolly World came in, and finally it seemed like we had another really good Yoshi game. Yoshi can be cutesy and mellow without alienating a good chunk of the audience, and Woolly World proves it. Yoshi's crafted world looks like it's going to be following up on Woolly World's example, maybe even expand on it in some ways. If this is the future of the Yoshi series, I won't lose any sleep over it. Nintendo's been really smart with their IPs lately, so I feel like Yoshi might finally be in good hands. I'd say I'm thankful for Yoshi's newfound success, and that wouldn't be inaccurate, but it would be a ham-fisted attempt at incorporating the themes of thankfulness into this episode that barely has anything to do with the holiday beyond my own personal attachment. But what I am thankful for, and I mean it, fists of ham aside, is any of you who managed to sit through me talking about cutesy dinosaurs for nearly a half hour. Also thankful to my friend Lauren letting me use her random Yoshi sounds. <laughs> I don't want to get on a soapbox or anything, but I, I do feel like Thanksgiving is overlooked a lot in my culture these days. You either have the people who are more focused on Christmas and Black Friday, or you have the people who want to reject the holiday entirely and remind everyone that the Native Americans were treated cruelly and unjustly. Which, they were. They deserve better, and I, I have to stand up for that part of my heritage on that, but I really don't like getting caught up in the materialism and the politicism on a day that's meant to be about looking back and remembering all the things that we should be grateful for in our own lives. I'm really grateful to have this podcast. I've had it for almost a year now. Next week's episode will be one day short of the anniversary of episode one. I feel like I've gotten better as it's gone. It's allowed me to spend more time with my brother and some of my friends who I don't see too often since graduating. And I just get to talk about video games that I love on my own terms. Even if I don't get paid for doing this, I couldn't imagine dropping the BitCast for anything. And I'm really going to keep improving into the next year. I want to boost my social media presence, really reach out to more people. I want to make the show mean something to more people, you know? But for all of you who've been with me so far, thank you for listening. 
I will see you on the next one. Listen to BidCast anytime on podcast1.com and on the Podcast One app.